Justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Our top story, the impeachment started today and the so-called evidence rises to the level of a wartime atrocity propaganda. I know that's your specialty, Binkley, so I'm going to let you take the lead, but I've got my own thoughts on this. Yeah, it does. It's pretty extraordinary what's going on right now. They're debating the constitutionality of impeaching him and whatnot. And as evidence to to lay the groundwork for what their arguments are going to be today, tomorrow, they showed a nine minute video the Democrats did of what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. They sliced together scenes of Trump speaking with images of people in the crowd, with images of people inside the building, the Capitol building, of images and audio of people randomly saying, let's take the Capitol, let's take the Capitol. But the thing is, all these images that they're cutting to away from Trump, they're cutting to these really close-up, tight images that are really far away that may or may not be in the same context at the same time that Trump is speaking. It's a real manipulation. That they, I mean, this, this video is extraordinary. I encourage everybody to watch it. I'll put a video of, or a link of it in the show notes. But they even they link together these scenes with their own narrative text. So some of the text, for example, would say this. They'll show us Trump speaking, then a bunch of, quote, insurrectionists getting rowdy. And then there'll be text on the screen that says, as Trump continued his speech, a bunch of his supporters began marching towards the Capitol. And then later on, after a few more intercut scenes of rioters, there was the text that said, insurgents reached the door of the House chamber. House members remain inside. I mean, this is a fantasy fiction narrative. Might might have been written written by Adam Schiff, the amateur scriptwriter in Congress, but I, I've never seen anything like this before. And they certainly do not show video and audio of the thousands and thousands of other people who were outside the Capitol peacefully walking around, having nothing to do with any of this. They only show these very close-up tight shots that they link together through this narrative that they constructed. We saw all these videos and all these accounts get kicked off Twitter for slowing down a video of Nancy Pelosi, for making it look like she was slurring because of it being a doctored video. This is the most doctored video you've ever seen in your life, and it's being used as evidence in an impeachment trial. Well, I don't think it's a serious impeachment trial. I think everyone knows. Well, I mean, it wouldn't even matter if he was actually impeached. It does not matter. So it is what I think that that is, is they are creating the 21st century Hitler complete with the films, the clips that you'll see forever. So you're telling people, oh, go watch it. My guess right. is your grandchildren will see it in school. Yeah. Something like this. A lot of exactly. stuff like that. You're going to have iconography surrounding Trump. I think a lot of like future stuff, deep state stuff. After the fact, he's probably not even going to participate in it, but he is going to let them license his image to put out a lot of dumb stuff that um, that promotes what I always thought was the 21st century dialectic of the West versus Islam with the synthesis of a uh, legislated morality, which won't be the morality of any of those religions. It'll be more the reality of population control and uh, germ um, protocol, stuff like that. But one thing that I absolutely noticed, and and I thought this really took what I said and just took it to 11. I thought, I knew, because it's so typical, that when they said, okay, Trump, you are being accused of inciting an insurrection. That the first thing you do 
as a defense attorney is say, okay, there was no insurrection because there was nobody had a gun. The police let them in. Everybody's on the bus on the way home. Then you don't even have to get to the question of whether or not Trump incited it. And in any case, you get a second bite at the apple. If they say, yes, there was, then you can say, okay, he didn't incite it. These Republicans put it out so twisted, like that it's actually seems like a clever victory on their part. That's how like Fox News is reporting on this. They're saying, ha ha, Nancy Pelosi, we um, you look like an idiot. You've fallen out of on your face uh, right out the gate because Trump didn't start the insurrection. We have all this proof that the insurrection was in the works weeks in advance. Yeah. So they completely make half of the case, if not 80 percent of the case for Pelosi with this ha-ha non-strategy. And every and people will latch onto it who who are looking for any defense of Trump. And you got to use your critical thinking because these people are not your friends. Yeah, I saw some of that going on on Twitter as well. People doubling down on that this was a, quote, insurrection by saying this was a justified insurrection. These accounts appeared to be troll-like activity. Yeah, I I agree with that. Everyone I see who says that, including the girl, I don't know if people saw that Instagram video of the girl saying that she was there for the revolution. She was hysterical, crying, or at least like very overwrought. And it was so obvious, it's hard to believe they didn't want us to see it. She had a towel in her hand with an onion in it that she was rubbing in her eyes to give that emotional presentation. It's kind of ridiculous. But it's interesting because when we talked to Chrissy Mayer, who we're publishing her, the audio of our thing, I think the video is already on Rockfin, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to publish the audio on Monday. Uh, we had a conversation with her. She was there as a journalist and she said that they were freezing. So they just went to the Capitol before Trump was finished speaking because it was on the program. So we noticed, I certainly picked up on that, that of course Trump couldn't have incited that activity because it was on the program already. Little did I know it would be used to to not just say people went over to the Capitol, but the insurrection was planned from the Capitol. And I'd actually seen somebody put out there highly critical i brought it to the show which was a look at these people calling for the insurrection and the actual call to action was please go support our senators as they as they um object to certification so the there was no real call to insurrection and a good lawyer would would have been making that case a, that's a sincere, very interesting yeah. good faith lawyer in my yeah when you think about the My Pillow guys absolute proof documentary that was blasted on Twitter as soon as it came out top trend absolute proof and nothing but smears trying to get it removed get it taken down whatever and then we come to today and we see a pure work of fiction this right. video that right. is that is going to be oh yeah look at this proof look at this absolute proof the democrats the video, absolute proof the mike lindell video this is the thing where and somebody asked me in patreon ce5 guy like oh you think we're all getting played by lindell and and this um waldron guy i don't think we're getting played i think lindell is totally sincere and almost everything he put out did qualify in my opinion as absolute proof except for the one thing where he 
pulled the quote absolute proof, which was Waldron, the retired army colonel, saying that seeing seeing uh, elevated activity in servers in other countries was the absolute proof. And actually, that is not absolute proof. That could just be overflow because of the activity in the U.S. So I didn't think the only weakness in his whole argument was the thing when the guy said absolute proof. But if you look, there's a lot of guys like Garland, including Garland, who bring their evidence to the table. But uh so they so when they come out and completely criticize his video, clearly they're not watching them. Yeah. Yeah, they've definitely not watched them. When you read the comments, it's right when his video came out, you have thousands upon thousands of comments saying there's no proof whatsoever in that. They didn't even have time to watch the freaking video. Yet. Right, because there's a lot of videos. But I don't think we're getting played at all. But I just think we need to make sure that we don't fall for two things that might be part of a setup within this true thing about the election. And those two things are do not divert your attention to China like China got Biden elected the way Russia, you know, the way the left says Russia got that is irrelevant yep. to election fraud. It does not matter who, what, where. None of that matters. What matters is the system is highly vulnerable and it has been penetrated. Then the second leg of that is don't stop focusing on the election issue because you focus on the China issue. The election, how they resolve this, how they re instill integrity into our elections, they are after less integrity, not more. They're after more centralization, more digitization, less, um, uh, more of the tyranny of the majority through elevating the popular vote. All of those things are going to be put on the table in response to people's concern about the elections. And what I'm saying is don't focus on China. Don't look for reform for reform's sake. Really look at the details. Go to our friend Garland at Voter GA. He will explain the right way to reform the elections, and we will continue to meet with him regularly. Yeah, and you're right. It's the constitutional rights that are going to be at stake here. I mean, it's really extraordinary from a bird's eye view when you think about the fact that a president who's no longer president, ex-president, is being impeached over saying words like, we need to fight. We need to fight for our democracy. And that being said to have incited a riot. How many clips did we play on WSB of Linda Sarsour and other activists on the left saying, put your body on the line. Our well, lives depend on it. That hypocrisy, that's the thing. A lot of this hypocrisy is getting mainstream coverage. Like yeah. Fox News is talking about Maxine Waters and other people like that. Using those and saying the hypocrisy, that I think in a way is distraction. That as we look at the whataboutism and stuff, I get it, but it's another form of dialectic. It's very engaging, but it doesn't get us anywhere. Nobody well, what cares. it does, what it does ultimately is it blinds people. You're right on the left, especially because they're supporting this this one, but they wouldn't support that one. And if if this were to actually happen, if he were to get impeached and then these defamation cases go through, then. Their ability to say stuff like put your body on the line when it doesn't go with the government or the powers that be, they could be suppressed as well. Well, but that will then play into the whole Marlboro ad thing where Marlboro had dominant market share wanted tobacco advertising to be banned because they knew yeah. nobody could resurge against them. So the Black Lives Matters guys or the far left or Linda Sarsour or whatever, they had their 2020. They had their protests that 
that um, the people on the right wouldn't engage in because they were even if they objected to lockdowns, they were abiding by them. Yeah. That the first time they stick their head out of their shell um, to support the election scrutiny on January 6th, they get slapped down with prejudice. So if you can stop all protests, who wins? The people in D.C. right now, the people who have the National Guard yep. lining the streets. Absolutely. So it just keeps going like you can't you can't anything it, I see on Fox, like I all little cascading down of the side, the size of the headlines down, down, down. There's not one thing there. And I just can't even watch CNN. That's even worse. Yeah. I not one thing there that doesn't play into their their control of our attention. Absolutely. We're living in a time this that's like. We're watching a clinic on propaganda, on how it works. Continuing with that theme, the Democrat Congressional Campaign Committee put together $100,000 to create Spanish language ads hitting at the GOP about QAnon. So now they're targeting Spanish language QAnon. And of course, what that's doing is bringing QAnon to Spanish Exposing language them. left because yes. they would never get it. It's like the they are really that's the thing. That's the healthcare thing that points to propaganda that the Hispanic community is immune to because they don't hear it in English. And, you know, that goes to why I think everybody needed an Obama phone. Otherwise, yeah. people in the lowest tiers of propagandize them, yeah. would not get propagandized. They must propagandize. And that goes to the whole Marjorie Taylor Greene thing mm-hmm. that you brought up with with um, Tucker Carlson. Like, I understand it was weird that he would not say her name, but then and you brought that to us without really, you know, knowing why he would have had a whole segment on her and not mention her name, even actually get the the place she's from wrong, which is highly strange, really weird. The very next day, I read an article saying how people are objecting to the fact that CNN and the left is giving so much airtime to Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're really propagating it. And it even mentioned in the article that if you Google Marjorie Taylor Greene, the first five entries are like CNN. So they so what they're doing is they're giving a lot of attention to her. And then that just and they're like they did to Trump. Yes, exactly. And and with Tucker Carlson, I don't really know if this has to do with it, but him keeping her name out of the story and having a wrong detail that'll foil your searches that will keep Fox, which is so big, from competing for CNN in search results like that. So That's interesting. He is playing into the hands of that. But all of this is about the left bringing Q to the surface as an attack. Then what I'm seeing is a lot of stuff from the right, like Washington Times. I see the Washington Times notifications a lot. They are non-Q Republicans attacking the left for painting Republicans as Q. And for abusing just run of the mill patriots or Christians or whatever as cues. So this is your classic dialectic. It is marginalizing a big portion of the right and they're playing into it and it's defining them and it's just giving these false labels that destroy their false ideologies, the way everybody calls socialists, communists, left, AOC, they're socialists. Trump is a socialist. I'm sorry. I mean, those policies of $4 trillion deficits to give universal basic income or increased unemployment, that is socialism. It was not true. Like this, these ideological labels are just totally, um, uh, they've been uh, weaponized and, um, 
you know, made empty. But QAnon, for sure, as a term, has been weaponized. And, of course, on the day that the impeachment trial starts, we start hearing stories that QAnon followers believe that Donald Trump will be sworn back in as president on March 4th. And interest around that date has spiked because the prices at the Trump Hotel in Washington have increased on March 4th. They've been hiked to $1,331, more than doubling the 596 price for a guest room uh, <laughs> before that. So they're, they're spiking. And part of the belief that he's going to get sworn in is that dating back to something in the 1800s to where something happened to where they believe that we are not subject oh. to the laws of the country, but we are actually a corporation, the United States. That, yeah, you know, I never got into that. I really don't. Um, that's a very big theme. It's super deep. I never really embraced that, but maybe March 4th was the original inauguration date in the Constitution. Could have been. Maybe we'll have to You know, because look, January we'll 22nd that, yeah. was absolutely not. It was not yeah. 20th, whatever. It was not. It was because people had to travel. So, but then they had such a long time of a lame duck president that they moved it up in yeah. response to modern transportation techniques. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's like an old school throwback. And then you have your two presidents, two popes, two presidents era. Which you, Talk about a long time ago, you brought up that possibility. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to introduce to you a new term that is has a similar meaning to a term that I've heard you use quite a bit, to a phrase I've heard you use quite a bit. And that phrase that you use is perverse incentive. And cobra effect is the one that I've recently heard. And cobra effect means incentives that are designed to solve a problem end up rewarding people for making the problem worse. It's used to illustrate <laughs> how incorrect stimulation in economics and politics can cause, quote, unintended consequences. I and that's like everything the, we're seeing right now. Yeah, I think they are the intended consequences of a pathocracy. Yes. You think they're unintended consequences because you still think that the actors who right. pull the strings are acting in good faith and have interests that are aligned with yours, but mm -hmm. they don't. What they want is to absorb all of your surplus wealth and keep you from having liberty yeah. so they can continue to control the situation. So everything they do leads to that, you being poor and less free, but... It seems unintended because you fell for the rhetoric that got you to sign on to the policy stuff. That's yeah. why Trump was so dangerous, because then you can come out with these crazy deficits, these crazy UBI and stuff. And who can object or like a straight up and down vote, 51 percent vote instead of a supermajority. And who can object because Trump championed those and then you champion Trump. And you. Not me. But yes, I get, I get what you're saying. Not y'all even. Not sure people <laughs> listening to me. Sometimes they think I'm pro-Trump and sometimes they th actually when I say pro-Trump stuff, sometimes we get a few extra patrons. But <laughs> I, I'm sorry. As much as I fight for his right to have a fair election, I think he's uh, a puppet on a string. It's also worth noting that Saul Alinsky in his book Rules for Radicals expressly says, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says that the quote, perverse incentives, a cobra effect, that the unintended consequences are actually the point when it comes to... Oh, no activism. way! Yeah. God. He's got another phrase for it. I'll bring... I'll find that tomorrow and bring that. But he calls it something different, but it is the same thing, and that is the purpose of the activism. 
There, there actually are, there's something going on that's really driving me crazy. So we, so I'm in California, I've got a lockdown and my son who has Down syndrome, he really is not, he can't, the online school thing's very, very difficult for him. And he's already, those kids are kind of lonely because there just aren't that many kids with Down syndrome left anymore, especially not English speaking ones. And so he uh, really wants to get back to school. So this has been the third or fourth time that they gave us a date. They told us he could go back to school and then it's been canceled. And this is devastating to him. He's, you know, we were very supportive and he's, you know, recovers quickly. He's very resilient, but it's really been jerking him around. And I see it with my other kids, too. And I was just listening to the radio, local radio last night, and they had an, a bureaucrat on there. It seemed like a good intention guy and they said it was funny because they asked him like what was keeping the kids the schools from reopening and there were two things that he said he said one is they just keep changing the standards so they'll say it's it's like if 25 out of 10,000 people test positive you can't open the school something crazy like that even though I don't know if any kid has ever died of this I mean I just don't know it's very rare for kids to get this thing that is going around out here And he said that the changing numbers, so it's very frustrating and you can't achieve goals, you can't plan because if you have visibility that you're about to open up, then they change the numbers. And the other thing he said was like really horrifying to me. He was like, what they need is national standards. I'm like, dude, then you have even less control. You know, national standards is the last thing you want because they were saying, well, New York schools are open. He said, yeah, we need national standards. I'm like, the national standard is going to mean New York schools go close. Not that your school's open. So don't think you're getting more freedom by having less control or more of what you want. Um, but, but what it's, what is happening is that, and this is true for like parlor and I fear for telegram. As you start to prepare and live in the new world that you are adapting to, they change the rules. And that's for sure on purpose because I used to think it was a negative thing in the, it's, um, it was a Dostoevsky line. It opened maybe shoot the idiot or i don't know what it's one of those and it says man can get used to anything man is a creature can get used to anything and that may be the very best way to define him and for him he was saying that living in the gulag or whatever it was called at the time the prisons and stuff was was like uh people will accept it and that was bad jordan peterson talks a lot about this very thing in his about just accepting the boiling yeah about that the quote that you drew the philosopher that you in the gulags So, uh, so for me, I always said this about having kids or, you know, a new baby or anything like that. I can handle anything as long as a, I can get eight hours of sleep, which is too much to ask when you have a new baby (laughs) or, um, when, uh, if you get, or, or just if I'm prepared, I could literally live without running water if I had enough time to prepare, but I totally dedicate my life to being extremely efficient in this paradigm. Right. And that's like the worst thing you can do because then you're pushing everything to the margins, you know, of um, capacity. Yeah. You learn how to survive in a given set of circumstances and they change those circumstances. And thrive and prosper. So I yeah. think they move this stuff around, not because they don't want you to survive, but they don't want you to thrive and prosper. So Telegram, Parlor, like these things came out and you spend a lot of time and effort recruiting people to it, learning how to use it, putting it out there, compiling, stockpiling content in its history, all that kind of stuff, only 
to get the rug pulled out. And this, to me, is yeah. part of the purpose. Absolutely. We sell these people going to Telegram. And I think that the more people get to Telegram, the sooner there's going to be some crackdown on it. Our last story of the day, Monica is going to tell you about whether or not she thinks a federal minimum wage is racist, sexist, or otherwise regressive. But before getting to that final story, I want to tell you what we're going to talk about on the Patron 15. Is Dogecoin being a good doggy? And is the COVID vax to people what Prozac is to frogs? <laughs> That's and mine. That's I funny. I might also tell you about a couple more Super Bowl commercials that I missed yesterday if we have enough time. And I also want to give a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show, which is True Hemp Science, truehempscience.com, your CBD experts. What makes True Hemp Science different is they create handcraft quality full spectrum CBD products by sourcing the highest grade hemp from around the world. My personal favorite of their products is their Acapulco Gold Lotion with hemp extract. I got some of that a few months back and it smells fantastic. So natural, it's earthy, it feels great on on the skin. In fact, one of my friends borrowed it when they were over and kept it. I I gave the rest of it to her because she liked it so much. It's so great in the winter. It is. It's fantastic. It's great lotion. It, it, the smell is what really what I well, really love about it. My teenagers love the smell too. Yeah, it's, they think it's great. it gives them well, superpowers. I was going to say cover, but let's just say oh, I um, cred. I yeah. Let's just say they don't need cover; they just need to look like they need cover. I also love their t-shirts. Their t-shirts are very rock. I know. Roll. I just wore They're mine cool yesterday. It's so yeah. soft and cool looking, and they do right. attract attention to you. People stop and look and go. Oh, kind yeah. of another thing my kids like that I will not allow them. To <laughs> I would also like to encourage anybody who enjoys our content. If you want to check out our patron, maybe give it a try for a month or so. You can jump in at the Truth Sponge level, which is. Seven bucks a month and get all of our patron exclusive content as well as personal attention, especially Monica's great at responding. I respond. I'm not as good at doing it in a timely fashion as Monica is. Monica excels at that. The most personal and the most responsive person in media, as I like to call her. And it's not easy to do. I got to tell you, it's really not easy to do it all the time. And she does a great job of it. And you'll get our select patron-only interviews and you'll be able to participate in our Q&As. It's a, it's a whole lot of fun. Our patron community is growing and it's fantastic. We get a lot of great information, great interactions, just a lot of good people in there. So check that out for a month if you like it great if you don't you can you can drop out after a month and if you don't want to join the patron if you don't have the funds right now perhaps then leave us a review uh, give us a, a review tell us what you think it helps us show up in the search engine rankings when we get reviews and now on to our final story of the day i'll pass it over to you monica okay so did you ever hear this thing about the congressional record from way back in the 20s or 30s that they instituted a minimum wage, a federal minimum wage, the first one, it was maybe 50 cents or something, and and actually read, read into the record, which I saw once, but I think it got buried since then. I, I It's hard to locate where they actually said... I believe it was about black people moving up from the South to the North and driving down wages. And that if they instituted a minimum wage, then the people who were making X amount would continue to retain their jobs rather than giving that job to two people from the South, black people. Mm -hmm. It was totally racist in its intent. Yeah. Or at least in its marketing. 
And I feel like so now Biden wants a $15 an hour federal minimum wage. And if, if you think about uh, if you think a minimum wage is a humane thing to do, is like a safety net thing to do, I can understand that. I don't agree with it, but I can understand it. Uh, over time, if you don't have inflation uh, wages, if you look at the 19th century experience, wages, wage Wages remained flat while prices of goods went down. So you don't actually need to adjust anything in a free society. Your purchasing power for an hour worked will go up. But in this society, if you are worried about uh, people not being able to make a, a living wage, what you want is to put a minimum wage in that is non-binding. It's below the floor of what people are where the market clearing price of of the wage so you don't want some poor person who's too ignorant to know to make three dollars an hour when basically nobody makes three dollars an hour everybody makes seven dollars an hour so it's seven dollars an hour doesn't make that much of a difference but when you make it fifteen dollars an hour you get back into that realm where and and even the congressional budget office determined uh, that oh, like 1.4 million people would lose their jobs while 900,000 people would make more money. So maybe it's tens of millions of people would make more money, but 900,000 people would be up. Let's see. I have the information right here. It says 900,000 fewer people would be living in poverty, yet 1.4 million people would lose their jobs or there would be that many more people uh, employed That's so it like sounds 2025. like 2025 it sounds like this idea that socialism or equality you can't bring everybody up to billionaire status but you can bring a bunch of people down to like lower levels of income so that's where the equality comes from is bringing more people down uh, that, that is true but the but the point of this one is that they, it's regressive in yeah. that young people uh, less skilled people maybe people are newly emigrated to this country uh, less educated people they are not going to be able to a company is not going to be able to stay in business if they have to pay $15 an hour to a person whose marginal productivity does not make the business 15 additional dollars. Yeah. So those people are going to lose their jobs. And then what you have is the taxes they pay will go down. Now that'll be offset by increased taxes on the people who are making 15. But then you have to give them UBI, you have to give them welfare. Another thing it does is it attracts illegal immigration. So when you have a binding lower wage, a binding minimum wage of $15 an hour, when really there's a lot of labor to be done at the $10 price point, you're going to have illegal immigrants or people working off the books to try to fill those spots. That's generally a good thing because they eliminate a lot of red tape and it's a very free market down there. But as we move to digi dollars, as we move to Fed surveillance money, those gray markets, which I applaud, will no longer exist. So this idea of minimum wage, $15 minimum wage, is highly regressive. And it also plays into this growing dependency on the state. There's more to say about it. It sounds like the Cobra effect to me. Ha ha ha. Yes. And my answer to that, which is they're not unintended consequences. They are the intended consequences, as Fauci would say, of a pathocracy, as I would say. Very interesting. 
I think that wraps it up for today. Today is Share oh, the Show I Tuesday. One more thing. Oh, one more thing. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm no, sorry on that. Is that what the government highly subsidizes automation, robots and stuff? Yeah. Technology Department of Defense especially does that. And they're so they're incentivizing it then. Yeah. So what you do. So when you have that. When you have minimum wage, you have more adoption of automation, and that in part drives the wages down, and that's subsidized by your tax dollars, and that will also drive the natural lower wage down. So, it it has a kind of double whammy on the increase in unemployment. So, again, every single thing I've just said supports the idea that a free society is a more equal society and a more prosperous society for even the weakest in society well that sounds like dangerous speech right there to me (laughs) but i approve share the show tuesday guys share the show with a friend with a family member with anybody you think that might enjoy it or that you would like to just give a different perspective of the news to and you guys can find your drive time news blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the propaganda report podcast feed and if you want access to that extra content that we talked about go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron you can also find our deep dive podcast on rockfin our deep dive video podcast on rockfin.com propaganda report we will talk to you guys in the patron 15 or tomorrow have a fantastic rest of your day